Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. This month, Yumiko introduced six new mesh tones available for all personalized pieces. And as a summer celebration, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. Visit yumiko.com for store hours, and be sure to follow along on Instagram, at Yumiko, to stay up to date. Special thanks to the Town of Vail for their support of the Vail Dance Festival and Conversations on Dance live podcast recordings. This episode was recorded at the Manor Vale Lodge. Well, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We see a lot of faces that have been here already throughout the festival. My name is Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. Rebecca and I were both uh, dancers with the Miami City Ballet, and now we are hosts of the podcast Conversations on Dance. We're so excited to be back at the Vale Dance Festival after an obvious absence last year, and we're so grateful that all of you have come out to hear us chat. Yeah. So this is our third live event, our third festival form of the festival, and we will be doing nine in total. So if you like it, come on back, come see us again, um, tell your friends. And if you want to listen to any of these or any of our future episodes, um, they'll be available on our podcast feed, which you can access on our website or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's also cards out front if you want to grab them for some more information. Our guest today is the Artistic and Executive Director of Ballet X, Christine Cox. Thank you so much for joining us, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! <laughs> now, we wanted to have you on for quite some time. Um, so uh, for all of our listeners at home and in the audience, we'd love to hear just a little bit about how you first became interested in dance and then how that led you to the companies you danced with. Mm, uh, wonderful question. Mm -hmm. I, Whenever music would come on in the room or you know, driving in the car with my mom when I was a little girl, I just, my imagination started to just take flight. And when I danced, I just felt more alive mm -hmm. than ever before. And it was like my mind and body connected in a way that is profound. It gives me, and I always say this, it feels so corny. I get goosebumps thinking about it and I want to cry. It just felt like my soul was like, this is where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be dancing. I would get on tables and it was like, you're meant to be watching me, okay? You know, and my, my family would just agree, you know? And at Christmas time, I'm, we're talking, I'm eight, nine, ten years old, and I wasn't studying. Um, ballet at that time, we would roll up the carpet and I would just imagine and dance with my dad and jump in his arms. And um, at age 10, I decided to try out for the school, the Pennsylvania Ballet, and I got in and I loved um, mirroring the person in front of me. And mm -hmm. there was something that it just, the connection, my mind and body just loved it. And, and I quickly advanced in that school. And at age 17, um, I didn't get into the Pennsylvania Ballet, which was quite devastating. But 
it was what needed to happen, you yeah. know, when you have so many years to reflect. And I joined Ballet Met in Columbus, Ohio with the, uh, the director was John McFall, who was a former principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of new work there. And I danced there for five years. And then I went to New York City and danced with Ballet Hispanico for a very short, brief time and decided I really wanted to do ballet more mm -hmm. and then went to American Repertory for one year and then joined the Pennsylvania Ballet for 13. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that was my journey. That's so... I mean, I, I love hearing these stories where... Because so many young dancers, you have that moment of disappointment yeah. and it takes uh, a career then to figure out that that moment was what you needed exactly. And you ended up at the place you wanted to be. It just yeah. took an extra however many years. Yeah, six years. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. What would you say to dancers who maybe are in that position? They're 17. They have their eyes set on a specific company and they're devastated that they didn't make it in. You know, I think at those moments, you really have to dig deep and decide what do you want to do? Is mm -hmm. it just about a place or is it about dancing? And, mm -hmm. and then in the midst of that decision, deciding, well, you know, honestly, my first job was Ballet Austin, and I was offered an apprenticeship, and I was auditioning in May, which was pretty late, and the director said, you've got, and I'm 17 years old, I've never been offered a job, and he says, you've got to decide in yeah. two days, and I was like, I didn't want to move to Texas, no offense, but I was, a, I was an East Coast girl, yeah. I really didn't even want to move to Ohio, I yeah. wanted to be in Philadelphia, yeah. and um, the idea, so I made calculated choices that I thought I could connect with a director from San Francisco Ballet. I thought mm -hmm. we would have similar, you right. know, um, inspirations. And that was true. We did some really off the cusp work out in Ohio, right. things we wouldn't even do in Philadelphia. He uh -huh. was really riding the edge of, of making dances. And I got to meet tons of choreographers, David Parsons, um, all kinds. I did Paul Taylor's work. It was really incredible. It was perfect for me at, at that right, age. Right, so it all worked out. In yeah. There. So tell us a little bit then, at, you joined Pennsylvania Ballet, you had a lovely career, and then you started Ballet X with um, fellow Pennsylvania Ballet dancer and choreographer Matthew Neenan. What was the inspiration behind that, and what kind of made you guys want to go off in this path while you were still dancing, correct? Yeah, yeah. correct. We were... Um, great friends. Mm -hmm. We loved adventure mm -hmm. and we loved making new works. And Matthew was a budding choreographer. I mean, I was in his first piece that he ever created for a AIDS benefit that we did in Philadelphia called Shut Up and Dance. And it was really wonderful to be in his work. And I was like, oh my goodness, he's so talented. Mm -hmm. And then I started trying out choreography for the same benefit, and we would all get this opportunity to start creating. And so right. when you're a part of something new, you feel like you can go off and keep trying. Mm -hmm. And we gave ourselves permission to just, hey, let's play in the summer. We had the entire summer off from May to September, and we wanted to keep dancing. We didn't want to just float around. So we put a show together, and that show turned into Ballet X. <laughs> And I started inviting all my very smart friends to come and be board members. I was like, well, we got to like get a nonprofit going here. Mm -hmm. And it was like you push the ball and then it just kept going. And the beautiful thing about it was when I went back into my contract with the Pennsylvania Ballet, you know, I was in the corps de ballet for 13 years. And you can imagine there's a lot of ups and downs in that, right? Oh, we know. We've you been, know. We've been in the corps de ballet for <laughs> over a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you miss that soloist contract, your friends are passing you by, mm -hmm. you know, you're feeling like, wow, is, is everything just about being a principal dancer or what is it about, you know? Right. Boy, they can see me here in the back in Stars and Stripes. I'm really saluting hard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> come on, girl. <laughs> and like friends would say, oh, I see you back there. I know when you come on stage, but you know, and granted, I did principal roles in the Pennsylvania Ballet. It's mm -hmm. not that. I've heard but about your choleric, just so you know, thank for, for decades. You. Oh, now, wow. All right. Thank yeah, you. you. I um, was very close to a lot of people at Pennsylvania Valley. They joined when I joined Miami City Valley. And I remember just like, well, Christine's choleric is pretty legendary. You're kidding me. Kidding. Ah! Oh, my. You here, made but. my year. Ah! <laughs> you did. 
Yeah. I was an angry choleric. <laughs> <laughs> I can get very serious on stage. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I need a video of that. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna no, I would hate it. Like, no. oh, you know, no. whenever you see yourself dancing, you're always yeah. just always like, like oh. oh. It's funny. I was at the rock school and because it was in 2005 when you guys started this, yes. right? I actually remember like seeing on the board an announcement about Ballet X and like, I think it was like your first show and people were talking about it. So did it start, like you're talking about initiating that nonprofit. Was that right away what you wanted to do or were you just thinking like, we're going to put this one show together for fun? Like what were you thinking? So the true, the true history is there was another nonprofit that we started with two other colleagues. Uh -huh. Three of us were dancers in the Pennsylvania Ballet and we started that in 2000 and it was called Phrenic New Ballet. Phrenic is the nerve that connects your brain to your diaphragm and it's the reason you breathe. It activates your breathing. It took us forever, the four of us, to figure out that name. Uh -huh. go. <laughs> four years later, there was a lot of challenges between having four directors it's is lot, really yeah. unmanageable. Uh -huh. And um, there was a lot of life choices that brought me real clarity in what I wanted to do in my life. And same for Matthew. And I said to Matthew, do you want to keep doing this with me? And and his career as a choreographer is blossoming. He's dancing a lot of roles. And I expected him to say no. And he was like, yes, let's keep going. And so we really divorced our other colleagues. And it was really hard. Yeah. But we kept that nonprofit. We worked out the settlement. They started their own nonprofit and really went on their journey. So we had experience at that point. Mm -hmm. So there was a board in place. But then we took half that board and added more in. Gotcha. And so there was we had something to go on. And that's when the name Ballet blossom because mm -hmm. with frenetic new ballet people are like what is that frantic are you yeah. frenetic and I was like oh <laughs> no and 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 there was clarity in the in those four years I just wanted to make new ballets and I didn't want it to have film always in it it when we were the other company it needed a component that I wasn't really interested in mm. in spending my free time doing right so we launched Ballet X. Ballet is our heart and soul. I mean, we love the technique of ballet. We, we may not look like your perfect ballerina, but we have so much heart and soul to bring to that technique. Sure and we're do. striving for that. Mm -hmm. And um, the X was all the new. It was like, yeah, it's the, the choreographers, it's adventure, it's innovation, it's new. We were fancied ourselves Generation X. So there was a lot of ways to justify that. Mm -hmm. And so the first show, people knew us and they came. And then the next show, we started to sell out. And then the next show, we found a home theater. And I started to understand my business knack. And I was like, well, we need to go over here. And I was starting to guide the organization. Mm -hmm. And Matt was diving in and making great ballets that were putting us on the map. Yeah. I'm wondering, you had to, of course, have acknowledged that Pennsylvania Ballet is a decades-old institution. Yeah. And they're going to have a significant financial backing that... Were you ever worried you were going to step on their toes? Or how did you find your own yeah. um, way through finding supporters that might not necessarily overlap there? Yeah, great question. I mean, part of that separation with the Frenic New Ballet was that we didn't want to burn our bridges with the Pennsylvania Ballet. Right. They were extremely... Roy, uh, Roy Kaiser was extremely generous with time, letting us have studio space, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's about living in gratitude. And so if we stayed in gratitude, then they were super cool. They let us borrow costumes, wow. a psych, mm -hmm. you know, he, I, I just, I thank him to this day for the generosity and that spirit to not be threatened. I've heard of other companies where like, I think it was in Pittsburgh and a company, you know, spurred up from the Pittsburgh ballet. And I don't, I, I don't know what, sure. if that's true, mm -hmm. but I was so grateful that our director was really supportive. Mm -hmm. And, um, the donors, you know, the ones came who were like, we love this. They'd give you a hundred dollars. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was just talking to, you know, a lifetime donor who gave us our first thousand dollar check, like, and it was just mind boggling, you know, and he's like my second father and we talk all the time. And to this day, he's like one of our biggest supporters and to have people believe in you. And he was a huge supporter of the ballet mm -hmm. and they didn't leave the ballet. They right. still supported right. the ballet. They can do both. Yeah. They can do both. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they did. So talking about fundraising, is that some, it sounds a little bit like it came naturally to you. I think that that's an element that as dancers, we can kind of like shy away from. Mm -hmm. It's 
kind of scary to ask people for money and be in that position. Was that something that came naturally to you? I'm sure you grew into that role with time. I grew into the role. Um, it came naturally for me to be great, grateful, mm-hmm. you know, and it came naturally to me to think of ways to be different than other organizations. Mm-hmm. So I can remember going to our PO box and it was like this big and mm-hmm. I pull out the thing and I open it. Oh, there's the check and their number, phone number was on it. And I ding, 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 call it right there. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I'm so grateful for your gift. This is amazing. Now, I don't have that same quickness that I used sure. to because we've been able to grow our donor base and now I have a team that helps me. But I really want to sit down and make those calls, you know, because it's really important to me. You know, even if, not even when it's $15, 50 I want to surprise them. I want the people who believe in what we're doing to know how grateful we are and that they took the time to write a check. And so I want to take the time to thank them. Yeah. Right. So there's a common through line of new choreography and new works. What were some of your initial short-term goals for Ballet X and long-term goals? It sounds like maybe choreography was kind of hooked in with that. Yeah, definitely choreography. You know, in the beginning for me and, and, and I think Matt as well, I just said, let's just have fun. Mm -hmm. Let's just try not to put too many barriers around what we're doing and be willing to make mistakes and just own up to whatever the mistakes were. You know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to be innovative in a field, um, you have to be willing to fall flat on your face and just stand up and own it. I I don't know that we did that a lot. I mean, I think the audience was so um, inspired by this journey that we were starting. And um, in the beginning, it was about finding a home where we could build an audience. So working with the Wilma Theater, and they said we could be the resident dance company. It was like, yes, Mm -hmm. this beautiful 300-seat theater. It looked down onto the dance floor. There was an intimacy that was completely different than being across the street at the Academy of Music, which was where we danced often, and that's like... uh, almost 1900 seat theater. So there's a real different experience, even for the audience member when you're watching something where they're far away. But even if Ballet X were on a stage that big, I would say to them, you got to figure out how to connect in. Mm -hmm. You got to look into the audience and see them, even if you're, you know, hundreds of feet away from them. But in the Wilma, you're so close. So Mm -hmm. that short term goal was finding a home, a place where our audience could be with us. And, and at that point, I couldn't figure out long-term goals. I still struggle with that, honestly, because I'm doing exactly what I want us to do. And I, I'm not I, we are doing this, creating opportunities for artists to experiment, to mm-hmm. feel safe, to try. And we've commissioned over 100 new ballets and wow. films in 15 years. Yeah. So super proud of that. That's extraordinary. Yeah, it's so much you. goes into that. Not even like also like financially in order to, to you know, it's like sometimes cheaper just to do <laughs> some of the older things, right? And yeah. and and much safer, sure. right? You can go, oh, I'm going to put this at the beginning. We know this is at the end. <laughs> when my programs come out, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> you know, about six years ago, I was like, oh God, everybody made the same piece. And that honestly happens. Really? Where everyone's at the same place, monotone, socks. And then ah. I, that's when I started to say, we're done. Like, ah. I'm done with the socks. Uh-huh. There's a lot, there's six letters in that ballet that we need to try to achieve. Right, right. And, and my last program, um, we had all point shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, so it's taken time. The journey was like, let it go and let it figure out what it wants to be. And then right. I was like, oh, it's, it's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Let's turn back. that ship over here. We're going back this way. So how have you kind of steered it back? Because that was one of our questions. Like, it can be so risky. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. And it's easy to anchor things with stuff you know that like this mm-hmm. will be a crowd pleaser people will come yeah. how have you kind of managed that while allowing the choreographers to do their thing yeah um i'm still working on that it's about communication um i that is my future goal mm-hmm. to pull myself a little bit more up and out of operations and really into the 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 connection with the creator. Mm-hmm. I want to understand what they want to do so we don't have those moments where I walk in, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we did the little prince here two years ago and, yeah. and bless Annabelle's heart because I did a walk-in. I, I watched the run through. 
the Friday before we were going to premiere it, and we knew it was coming to the Vail Dance Festival as well as the Joyce Theater. Mm -hmm. So how cool that two presenters, Damien and at the time the Joyce, said, yes, bring a full-length ballet that we've never seen before mm -hmm. because we trust you, Christine, and, and your vision. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this run-through and I'm like, oh my goodness, we need to make some changes here. <laughs> right. And Annabelle and the composer got a real long email that night, and which is not how I want to operate, but they were like open. Right. And they, they took the feedback and they like went with it. And I was so grateful for that. It wasn't like stand my ground. This is my piece. My, my intention is not to go and interrupt a piece. I don't ever, but you do sometimes need an objective observer, particularly one that's produced a hundred films and ballets, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's taken me time to even have the confidence to give that kind of feedback. I think that's, I don't know that I've ever heard about an, a director having that conversation. And we, we have talked a lot about how choreographers, I, I mean, I've never choreographed a ballet, but if I didn't have any sort of guidance, like you would feel kind of isolated. Yeah. Like dancers, we always have someone in the front of the room offering advice but yeah. choreography is such a strange field you don't go to like school for it you don't you have to learn on your own yeah. but I'm sure that was really valuable for Annabelle to have someone actually give guidance or advice rather than just be like I guess you know I'm in my own head and I know what I know but I think for a choreographer that must be really hard to not have someone to anchor you all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tricky and that's where I want to develop trust and, and I want them to know that it's not about me. I, you know, it's not my credit up there. Yes, I'm the director, mm -hmm. but it's about the experience and mm -hmm. what are we going for? And right. and they're so in it, There's they can't be objective about it. Right. right. I mean, I was so impressed. He recomposed a whole section five days before because wow. the piece was, it didn't have the arc it needed. And we literally, when you're going into stage teching, you're not re-choreographing. No. <laughs> unless you're super willing to, you know, make it work. And she's like designing the boxes because we'd never lifted the boxes. They were always on the floor and she's moving them. Mm -hmm. And it was, and when we premiered it here in Vail, she came up and, and we just hugged. And I was oh. just, thank you. Because... When you get into the two days before it premieres, it can get tense. Oh, yeah. And we had a pretty <laughs> tricky moment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they look like pedestrians. They need to look like dancers. <laughs> the costumes, too. Everything needed a tweak. And she was, the whole team was super great. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I really don't want to be some director coming in and having that. You know, so that's where I want to work on communicating. Hey, what are you working on? Let's talk about the costumes. Mm -hmm. What's the music sound like? Right. Where are you at with the composer? How much of a relationship do you really have with the composer? Right. Because we've hired composers that have fritzed out and <laughs> we've had <gasps> no. to like let go and find uh, new commissions. Uh -huh. And it's complicated as some mm -hmm. people in this room know. <laughs> Would you ever think about setting parameters from the very beginning? Like, okay, Annabelle, this piece needs to be on point and yeah. it needs to be a classical composer from this era yep. to contrast because we know that these people are doing sock ballets. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's where I think I, I want to dive in a little bit more and be able to have some pre-planning mm -hmm. um, where we can have those conversations. Now they're, the, the conversations are simple. Can you please put it on point? Can we be right. just like, just simple? Because there's just not a lot of new point repertory being made. Yeah. And we'll get, you know, for instance, Jamar Roberts, I, I'm sure he's done a point work, but possibly not. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to confirm with that. But he was like, absolutely. Let's yeah. do a world premiere on point. You know, it's he's probably the, helpful for the choreographers too. Like yeah. that probably gave him some inspiration for it, the piece. It did. Yeah. And when we heard the original music composition by Taishan Sori and it, and Johnny um, is playing it live, he'll be playing it here live. I was like, if it sounded just like Stravinsky, it sounded. <gasps> I was like, oh my god, we gotta get some point shoes yeah. on here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe because I've danced to Stravinsky and I was yeah. like feeling that yeah. Feels right. intensity. I want to shift gears for a second yeah. um, and talk about how the dance world in recent years has finally started having conversations about how it can be exclusionary. Yeah. You know, women are so often put on a pedestal on stage, but then where are they in leadership positions? Or, you know, dancers of color or queer dancers are often not given the opportunities that their counterparts are. Yeah. But for a ballet X, you see kind of what happens when you're able to amplify all those different voices across the board. So I'm wondering if you couldn't offer advice to other companies, how they can make their 
companies reflect more the communities they serve in the way Ballyax does. Yeah. I, I love diversity. I love different voices. I love different perspectives. You know, I want them all to be driving from that intensity of ballet and everyone may not have the perfect feet or whatever. Perf there's no mm -hmm. perfect, right? Right. And so for me, I think just hiring humans that are able to really, I'm interested in the soul. Like I want to take the audience, I want it to be a poetic experience about your life, your journey. So you need to be able to see people that you can identify if we're going to reflect stories about the world. Mm -hmm. So granted, I only have 10 dancers. We're actually expanding to 12 and, and growing in a time when some companies may not even be thinking about growing. And that's because of the amazing donors that support Ballet X. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really just love seeing different people up there. So I just start with who I work with in the studio mm -hmm. and and making sure that we're reflecting our beautiful, diverse world, you know? I don't know. We, we've wasted so much time in all of our discourse. I just, let's move on and, can, and love each other. I mean, there's so much hate in the world. Let's just like, it sounds so 60s, but let's just get back to love for God's <laughs> sakes. I mean, we have this one shot at living and there's so much focus and attention on destruction. How can we, you know, and the arts do that. They help bring us together and remind us of something deep in our core about connecting. And then at this one point that when I think about dance, it is, it's, it's tribal. Like when you dance and you're in a dance party, you're like vibing off of each other. You know, someone may not have like the biggest moves, but someone may be taken over the center of the circle. But there's this pulse that we all feel together that makes us like feel so alive. Right, right. So if I can find that tribe that brings that pulse up on stage that then generates out into the audience, then we've achieved something that's pretty remarkable, I think. So now that we've talked about how you select your dancers, <laughs> how do you select choreographers then? Similar. I'm really looking for different voices. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in being surprised. So sometimes a selection can happen in, a, in two minutes. I'm watching a piece online. People set choreographers send me work. Mm -hmm. I keep a choreographer file. Plus, it's about relationships with different people around sure. the world. Um, so it's a, a lot of different reasons. Um, I've obviously I've commissioned Annabelle a lot. I commissioned her in 2008 and I've had her come five different times because we can have real honest discussions together and it doesn't get like personal. It's mm -hmm. about the work. It's not about your feelings and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Right. I just want to say, Hey, I think there's something more there. Um, and, and choreographers are really sensitive. So sometimes when you have that moment of real reflection to them, they can get really upset. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, unless we can find that bond, back I can't we can't keep making work together so right, right. Yeah. I need to be able to we need to have trust with one another right. you know so for any choreographers who are listening <laughs> do we just send yeah it's, it's, send some files over to Christine too all right so let's talk a little bit about how the company navigated the pandemic what were some of the ways that you sought to connect to audiences in the absence of live theater so we were a week out from presenting three world premieres by Gregory Dawson, Nicole Caruana, and my former boss, John McFall. Um, and everything was closing rapidly. I had to make the difficult decision to shut it down bef two days before everyone was shutting it down. But I knew we had a lot of things to handle with ticket buyers and subscribers. Oh, yeah. Oh so I felt a little foolish, but then a day later, everyone was like, thank God yeah. you yeah. shut it down. So the dancers were scheduled to have two-week performance run, and I was happy to pay them for that run. Then they had a week off, which would mean unemployment, which is common in dance. You work for a certain amount of week. Mm -hmm. They went on unemployment, and then they stayed for one more week, and then we brought them back in May. And we got the PP loan, which was fantastic. And then, you know, supporters were really jumping in and helping us. So we started working on Zoom. 
we didn't really know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to commit. I wanted to honor my commitment to the other three female choreographers I was commissioning for the summer. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that we would be able to have our shows in the summer, but was highly you know, didn't think it would happen. So we started working with those three choreographers on Zoom Mm -hmm. and the Guggenheim reached out and said, hey, do you want to make some short films with those choreographers? Because we were scheduled to tour to New York and do a performance at the Guggenheim. And I said, yes. And so that the month of May was really where I was giving myself space to figure out the the pivot. Mm-hmm. And then had they done had you done any work with those three choreographers yet? Had anything happened in the studio or it was exclusively on Zoom? It was exclusively okay. on Zoom. Wow. And um sorry to interrupt you. I'm no, that that was totally yeah, I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And I knew two of them really well. Penny Saunders had made a week, uh, made a work on the company already, and Kylie Kwan was in the company, so she knew everybody. Mm-hmm. And Rena Butler was a new choreographer that I was bringing in, and only met her once, but I fell in love with her work. Um, she was a dancer in Hubbard Street, and the Guggenheim really set forth the plan to let's get these films ready for that. And then in the midst of that, I said, "Hey, we could do this on a bigger scale," and. I was looking at the choreographers I was commissioning for the following year, some commitments I had. And I said, I was like, it's our 15th year anniversary. We're probably going to be shut down. Um, let's take these three ladies, their, their work, let's do their ballets, but to film. So they did feature films that were 15 minutes to 27 minutes. And we filmed three long films at the great advice of my agent, Margaret Selby, who's here. She said, why don't you do a documentary about your 15 years? So I listen. I just, when people give me great advice, I'm like, good one. My board chair, Janet Averill said, why don't we give old ballets back to the audience? So the week we shut down, we started, we gave 33, three ballets every Wednesday out to our audience and we gained a thousand new email subscribers. So we were just, the team was like, let's go, let's go. And then looking at my following season, I ended up commissioning 15 choreographers and I made 10 short films and partnered with Philadelphia community members so that we could film in their locations. And we just learned. Mm -hmm. And then the five, and we commissioned five live performances for stage and actually Jamar's will be the sixth of our season. So we didn't stop working. The dancers worked the entire time. It was definitely a challenge for all of us. We learned a lot. Um, It was not easy. And I credit the dancers and the staff of Ballet X because we all may have gained 10 years on our, you know, (laughs) I mean, I could feel the fatigue, you know, happening as we came out of the pandemic. I could feel the challenge of, you know, we came out of the pandemic and performed at the Man Music Center, which is a gigantic, incredible theater in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So I think... um, being an entrepreneur helps right. because I'm used to navigating. I'm like, okay, we're I'm used to, we're going to make it work no right. matter what. I was not going to sit back and wait for the answers. I was like, my dancers needed to dance. I was car- caring about and worried about their health and well-being. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted them to feel, and I wanted to take care of them. I wanted them to have salaries. So they all got their salary for the whole year and the That's board amazing. gave yeah. them uh-huh. raises. Yeah. And yeah. I think I heard that. I don't think any other company that I've heard of, I don't think no so. one that I know no. in any other company got no. their whole salary. No, so they got their whole really salary the whole incredible. time. That's amazing. Thank you. Incredible. Um, wow. But I did want to circle back to you saying that originally film did not really interest you. Right. Ah. So how did you yeah, yeah, adapt yeah. to that in the past year and, and it changed your mind a little? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> film we were doing was on stage with the dancers. So it was really, it was like the, te- the 11th dancer at the time. And it was like, oh, we need a whole tech day just for the film. And I was like, oh. God, let's just get in there and tech. <laughs> so I love film, but this was different. So this was actual films. Right. And we're learning. We're going right. to, we built the program. It's called Ballet X Beyond. We have 20 films up there. We had a $15 a month subscription series. And we had some folks sign up and we reached um, 700 people. It's not that much. I'm such a, that's a you lot. know. I think that's great. Yeah. 
I, well, I want a lot, you know, <laughs> I'm ambitious. <laughs> Everybody go check it out. Yeah. But I wonder too, how many people, cause I think this was kind of something that was happening throughout this time that anybody, no matter where you were, could mm-hmm. connect with all these companies that maybe they hadn't yeah. been able to before. So is that something you found within your donor base, within these viewers that you were reaching people outside of just Philadelphia? Absolutely. You know, we were, we reached into 20 different states, which is why I want to keep exploring this Mm -hmm. and discover it's a journey, right? And when you give yourself the opportunity to, to learn, then you keep trying, you know? And so some of the films were incredible. Some were not so great, you know, and you have folks give you feedback. Like I just can't connect with that online. And I'm like, I understand, (laughs) but we're connecting. We need to keep going. Um, We need to keep creating. So we keep active and, and learning and, yeah. and energized. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so when I hear that there's someone in Germany watching a film, how exciting. Yeah. New Zealand, you know, our first commission in the film was a comp- choreographer in New Zealand who worked with, here's a great story, who worked with um, an animator and created an animation. And that film, three-minute film, was the anchor piece in great performances on PBS to talk about the pandemic. You know, it's like they put the whole film, not a section of it, the whole film in the middle of um, a great performances on PBS uh, about six weeks ago. So it's been pretty extraordinary time for the company. Are there any of these films that we might look forward to seeing on a ballet stage at some point? Great question. Yeah. If you come to Avon, when we perform, um, on Thursday for the free dancing in the parks. What was so exciting was to see that we could take so many of the, those, those films and just do them at our pop-ups. So part of Ballet X is community. We want, you know, we bring a a dance floor into the middle of a, a community. We start dancing and we took these these films and we're like, oh, this one's great here. Oh, wait, we have a whole program. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so what was it like for you personally having to um, steer the ship, keep it afloat during this time? How many plans did you have to make that were ultimately useless and, you know, going back and forth to the drawing board? What was mm. that like um, as a leader? It was challenging. It was, I mean, not inspiring, but I think I was activated in a sense of survival and I deeply felt a need to take care of my community of 20. You know, it had taken 15 years to have a a team of 20 and we're more, you know, and I felt a deep, profound need to support artists. Even if it was $1,000 that I knew might help rent, you know, for a little bit of a, we did the, you know, another idea I had was, hey, these films are great, but I want to see the choreography more mm-hmm. because we started to get so much about the film and where yes. we were, our location. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's strip it down. So I started reaching out to Gregory Dawson. I said, can I take a section, a solo from that piece you never got to perform on stage with our company? Mm-hmm. And he was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we just stripped it down and filmed it in our studio. We have a beautiful studio. It's all white and pretty simple. I was like, let's just see them dancing. Mm-hmm. So then I commissioned six more people to make short suites that were about showing us their choices, mm-hmm. that are about investigating point shoes. So I got Jody Gates, Aji, mm. um, John Hithenbachen, um, uh, a few more people. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot. There were a lot. I can't. You have so, so many. So yeah, I just wanted to help people. Yeah. You know, and then donors were like, "Well, we want to help you." You know, because yeah. you're helping people. It really, it really is an honest. It was an honest. And I want. I have two young boys, and I wanted to show them you know, what hard work looks like. And, and I want them to see, you know, about caring for people and, and community. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I have one kind of follow-up question that's a little bit of a switch, but you mentioned that you commissioned one of your dancers to do a piece. Is that something that's important to you to find that new talent within your company? I'm discovering that. Yeah. Yes, cool. it is. And the dancers did an extraordinary job this year of creating their own films, discovering how to edit you know, going into locations, choreographing. So yes, and they come and they say, we want to choreograph. And I'm like, I want you to choreograph. So 
what's challenging is when you are a small team that with an incredibly ambitious per leader, um, I, I, I don't want to burn out my, you know, it, it's a lot of resources to try to do all of this that we're doing. So we're expanding. We've just brought on a new production associate. You know, I have a couple key spots where I need to bring in team members so we can achieve this. And my goal is in the next couple of years, three years, and I'm going to say it here, so, is to have again. a 52-week contract for the dancers <gasps> and to really wow. be an example for, you know, where they feel supported Mm -hmm. and um, we're working towards the same goals. Like, how, how many companies in America do we think, uh, dance companies in America, do we think have a 52-week contract? I don't know. Do you know? I a think, couple. I mean, I uh, think we, Hubbert yeah. maybe, okay. correct, I was say maybe did at max. one point. Maybe, yeah, I'm not but sure. But it's quite common in Europe. It is. But not here at all. Yeah, wow. yeah. So that's that an incredible. incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And we did do one paid week off so that's you know i, I mean, really like i want never had that i want to be life. an example <laughs> yeah. no, neither did I. I i would be dancing you know at the academy of music do drop and then i'd be at the unemployment line yeah. on yeah. Monday. <laughs> i would get there at 6 a.m so i got right on in and out mm. uh, and i'd sit there you know thinking hmm this is really glamorous if only people knew <laughs> yeah so let's talk a little bit about Valiox's history here at the Bale Dance Festival. When was the first time the company came out here? 2012. Yeah. So it's, it's it was been almost... Almost, now. yeah, nine yeah. years. Yeah. And yeah, it's, no, it's been a life changer for the yeah. company. It's a game changer. Yeah. Why, why do you think the audiences here connect so well with the company? I think the spirit of the dancers, you know, that, that breaking... The audience here is elevated. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just an extraordinary group of people right. who love dance, who come here for dance, and 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 a, a sense of spirit and energy and adventure. And so I think the dancers represent some of that, and they really connect with that. I mean, when we first performed here, it was like standing ovation. I got like a hug from the reviewer of the New York Times. I was like, I'm, what? Ah! <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? What, is everyone just like... High on life out here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Especially this year, it feels like yeah. being back. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Damien had a close relationship with Matthew Neenan. They both are from Massachusetts, and he kept an eye on his work when Ballet X was growing, and, and we were fortunate enough to get support from the Jerome Robbins New Essential Work Program way, way, way back when we were really brand new. And when you get that kind of grant, it's extraordinary. And so he's really just been a catalyst for us. You know, saying I believe in your work, and and he'd say, okay, let's have a new commission by Matt, and we'd come out, and we he'd team us up with Brooklyn Rider, or he'd put, you know, wonderful dancers in with our company, and so when you have someone shining a light on you. Uh, we've just built an incredible relationship with um, Damien and the whole team at the Vale Dance Festival. Yeah. What can audiences expect from your full evening that is tomorrow, Monday night? Oh, if it, you got to pray for the magic to happen, because ah. I will be. <laughs> There's a lot of um, opportunity for an incredible night like one you will never experience in your lifetime. Um, there are invented instruments by Neil Feathers. So this is a story um, that Rosie Langebeer and Matthew Neenan discovered about Edwin Music. In 1930, he was on the cover of Time magazine. He was a true adventurer, and he was flying airmail across the Pacific. And so they have real field recordings of when he landed in Auckland, and the mayor, you know, saying, "Welcome, he's coming down," and you know, <laughs> and so the the sounds you were here, you will hear, are from those moments. Wow. And unfortunately, you know, he was taking the mail around with his crew and he, his plane went down unexpectedly coming out of um, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. um, and the 0639 hours, sunset 0639 hours is something he said when some marketing person was like, what do you see up there? Well, sunset 0639 hours. Mm -hmm. And it took me two years to remember that name. We, we, pur <laughs> we purposefully didn't say it because yeah, yeah, we were yeah, nervous yeah, we would say the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
so um, this piece is a spirit of adventure for all of the collaborators, the composer Rosie Langabeer with her band, Andrew Mars helped co-write with um, Joshua Machez and Isaac Stanford. Um, we have new musicians going in. We have new dancers going in. We have a new set built because the other one's cracked. But what's really kind of cool is the, the designer wanted to mimic Air, uh, paper airplanes. So when you see them flying, you'll eventually see the airplane completed. Mm -hmm. But those are pieces of paper flying in the air. Um, mm -hmm. And they also represent letters um, that he was taking across mm -hmm. the Pacific. And it's just, there are sounds that were recorded when Matthew and Rosie were hiking in, uh, in uh, New Zealand. They're real birds. There's mm -hmm. a section and you'll see the dancers, you know, playing birds and it's not a, a, a direct narrative but it, it you'll be so surprised at how it impacts how you feel I remember um watching it with my father who has passed and we just he was in a wheelchair and we were just holding hands crying just mm -hmm. crying mm -hmm. and like thinking about my mom it just was like profound uh, yeah. and I'll never forget that mm -hmm. you know how special so that's what we hope is that art just takes you to your own memories into your own experiences that's what it should do when mm -hmm. it's successful yeah oh, that sounds so beautiful I can't wait to see it now I know mm -hmm. uh, what else will we be seeing the company perform in during the festival yeah <laughs> yeah we'll be doing the dancing in the parks which is so much fun in Avon we've done that in the past and it's so up our wheelhouse because we love mm -hmm. bringing dance to audiences so that's just going to be fun and light and you know, giving you just a total sampler of our repertory. Um, you'll see some of Hope Boykin's piece. We, we did it condensed down just to a 10 um, excerpt, 10 minute excerpt. You'll see some of Yorma Ello's Grand Partita, which he choreographed years ago. You're going to see all sorts of, of fun stuff. We'll do a little bit of sunset there as well. Um, and then we're going to be doing Jamar Roberts' work on Monday, and I think we might do a sneak preview. I'm not quite sure. Mm -hmm. Jamar's work is extraordinary. I really was so impressed um, just with how thoughtful and creative he was in that process. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was blown away. I was yeah. like, and I really like you. You're <laughs> just like, he's just a wonderful soul. So, no, yeah. He's really one of the most talked about new choreographers. I've, I've yet to see his work, so I'm so excited to yeah. see the company perform. It's really, really smart. Yeah. And and for me, it's just, I just want to be surprised. I want to not know. I loved that there was, it looks like, it's not chaos, but there's structured chaos and then structure. And I love that. Like, my brain needs to see you're not just giving everybody 10 different steps. Mm -hmm. I want to see where it pulls together and, and then it pulls apart. Yeah. So it really, he, he, it's amazing. And that's part of the Now Premieres program, yes. correct? Yes, the Now Premieres on Monday. Awesome. Yeah. Monday, August 9th, right? Yes, yeah. the next one. Um, let's open the floor to some questions from our wonderful audience. Yes. You, you yes. yes. <laughs> Jana. Jana. I have a million questions, but I want to tell you a story about Sunset. So when it was first performed here, I had to be away that weekend. I was here for the whole but we had, we had to fly to California for a wedding or something. So I came back and I sat down next to somebody that I didn't know at all and she said, were you here for sunset? I said, no. Oh, you've got to see that. Everybody was crying. Everybody, and I had been dying to see sunset. Wow. So I just can't wait. No, I Now's your time. <laughs> Bruce. Let me go after that. So I saw it. Oh, good. <laughs> and and as, as we were looking down the list of the program, I looked at the, at the description and I said, a clean crash ballet. <laughs> yeah. I think, we, I think we, maybe, maybe we could skip that one. And then, but we didn't. Good. <laughs> because it's the only thing I remember out of that year. Yeah, and yeah. don't ever let it go out of the repertoire. Wow. It, is, it is so wonderful. But then that'll lead me to, you know, now we have The Little Prince, another plane crash. I, <laughs> I mean, what is going on? What <laughs> is, when, when, when you were first thinking about Sunset, mm -hmm. did you ever have a moment where you thought, plane crash, really? Is that what we're going to do? 
And the second question is, have you thought about expanding the shipwrecks? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you would ask the second. My brother is a marine archaeologist, so we, I could get some professional advice on that one. Um, you know, I remember when Matthew was talking to me on the street of Philadelphia, on one of the streets in Philadelphia, and he said, you know, this was supposed to be done for the Pennsylvania Ballet, but it just didn't work out. You know, would you be interested in this? And he said, and I see the dancers being a plane and like, you know, he started doing this and I was like, yes. I didn't think about the crash. I only thought about Matthew trying to make dancers into a plane. <laughs> so, um, you know, for me, it's a, you know, when I see someone I trust and, and love and adore like Matthew and I see his wheels spinning and, and I know Rosie's, you know, an in, just as invested. And the fact that those two really came together and collaborated, the whole team collaborated, but they, you know, they were in it to win it and, or just in it to explore. And it just, they just dove deeper and deeper into his story. And in a way that didn't feel like it was just his story, it was our story. So it's really beautiful. So I hope, you know, again, we have half of a new band. We have half of them new dancers. So it may seem and sound and look different, but that you can kind of come in and just love it as much on this completely different stage. Yeah. I always dreamed of it being there. So I can't wait. And there are, yeah, there are some, su there's a surprise in there at the end that I hope works out. Teaser. <laughs> Do you have plans to come to the Joyce this year? And second, um, I loved your virtual gala. Oh, thank you so much. I was so pleased with that virtual gala. That was hard. <laughs> wow. How do you honor Heather Watts and Jane Pepper? But um, it was an incredible year to have two amazing women let us honor them. Thank you for joining us for that. And we do have plans, but we had to shift them into the fall, I believe, of 2022. The company is so busy. It's crazy. And my agent was like, I need you guys to survive this very busy year. So w we were invited, but we actually had to ask for a different date so that we could make everything work. We're bringing back the Little Prince on tour. We'll have new dancers in that. You know, it's just a lot has changed this year. It's just been That's awesome. a different year. Wow. Yeah. As you made the transition from uh, dancer to artistic director, did you learn it all by doing it, or did you go back to school <laughs> to learn particular aspects? Of I'm in the school of life. <laughs> <laughs> I am living it each and every day. I am waking up going, All right, how do I do a better job here? Um, you know, I made some decisions. So I retired in 2006. In 2008, I had my son. And I had this real moment with this beautiful little kid going, Mom, you know. Right and I said to my partner, my, you know, husband, he's, or my fiancé of 14 years. Um, <laughs> this is what we do in 2021. I said, I think I want to stay at home. And he's like, no, I think you need to go to the studio. <laughs> he's like, this is in your blood. And I'm grateful for that push because there was a time when I really, it is a real pull for moms and for dads. But it, we just have to address that, you know, and maybe we'll do another conversation on that. That's a real thing for a mother. And, and, and I, I was creative in navigating that. So in the beginning of the company, I could be at home with him there building it. And my business, you know, development worked, you know, and my instincts were pretty good. Um, can I go and actually do the budget? No, mm -hmm. but I know all those numbers in there and I have a team member who's learned how to do it. Mm -hmm. So what's great about my team is they're just as self, uh, developed as I am. Um, I gave up a four year scholarship to Temple University to start dancing at 17. So I've not gone to university. I am, um, a guttural learner. I learn on my feet and, um, yeah, I, I might start a school for artistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, but, but maybe but, there's a need for that. Yeah, yeah well, we've, we've talked, talked about, about a need yeah. to work with with yeah. younger choreographers. and so. But back in that decision, I was dancing in Ballet X. I was also choreographing in Ballet X. And so there was a real moment where I said, this is the last piece I'm choreographing on Ballet X. 
I'm no longer dancing and mama needs to focus <laughs> on building the company and being a mother. So you came back to dancing with Ballet X after having your son? Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Amazing. I did. And it wasn't amazing. No. <laughs> I wasn't that good. <laughs> well, I couldn't. Ded- I mean, a dancer has to really dedicate, you yeah. know, eight, ten hours. I, I did it. You know, when I danced and, and I'm a tough director. I'm not, I'm like, you know, you, you know, I worked out all the time after, you know, dancing for six, seven, eight hours and mm-hmm. I would go to the gym and I just developed a real intense work ethic. Yeah. And so my work is based on that and everybody may not love it, but that's what you're signing up for if you're coming on board with me. Wow. That's incredible because you were dancing, working out a lot, and then yeah. also running a company. Yeah. It's, wow. It's just like, how do you do it all? I don't understand. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes. Sure. Just kind of a follow-up. I was interested of in your reference to the company having an agent. Is that like going out and developing the relationships or taking care of all the, the nitty-gritty of the arrangements <laughs> with other venues and companies and things like that? Absolutely. You know, the agent, you know, when we were younger and nobody knows you, it took years, you know, it mm-hmm. took years. Um, I, I worked with someone more in-house and it was just, we'd get gigs where we could. And I built relationships with certain venues like the Joyce and Damien and, and a couple other spots. But, you know, I remember talking to the agent and, you know, she was busy and she represents all the best dance companies. She was who I wanted. I mean, I remember like six years ago, not even being able to walk up to her. I was like, she's about, she's in this room. But now we're like, mm-hmm. then, then she's like, it's time, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we bonded and, and she does, she has all the relationships with, or with, venues all over the world and they trust her and she, you know, knows how to program and, and, and develop companies and work with, um, different great venues. So our year is so busy because we're going to so many awesome places. And that's a great question. Cause that is uh, many major companies have an agent that does that yes. for them. Right. So that is yes. a very important, it element. is an important question. Yeah. I mean, what's pretty cool to think about is you mentioned all these other, like the organizations that Valley X now stands alongside in terms of like, what are the major touring companies? Like who, who's on the schedule of the Joyce? It's like Graham who's existed for almost a hundred years and yeah. you built this in 15. Yeah. So, I mean, that must Thank feel you. pretty amazing for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when the Joyce came to see us like 10 years ago, I was like, the Joyce is here. <laughs> or no, I think we went to the Joyce in like 2000. So we started in 2005. It was like, yeah, 2009 or 10. It wow. was similar. We were getting in with the Joyce and Vale around the same time. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it takes people believing in you. Right. I know Margaret's here. Do you want to speak for us? <laughs> I have to say that I work with a lot of the companies. Yeah. Christine is just beyond. I mean, she is such a talented woman. Oh. And what she's doing for the field at large and for her company and for dancers and her audience is unmatched by anybody. Oh, yay. Yeah. We talk at 12 a.m., 7 a.m. Help me, Margaret. (laughs) It's nice to have another powerhouse lady by your side Mm -hmm. believing in you. You need people to believe in you. It's not, I I don't wake up going, I believe in me. (laughs) You know, I'm like, can you help me? I need to talk right now. I'm feeling like a little lost. (laughs) Let's do one more. This might sound elementary, but you were talking at the beginning, uh, beginning of this morning about. Socks versus toe shoes. <laughs> now, we, we love dance, but we don't follow the... Well, this is our first time at Vail. Okay. So, oh. and, and last night was extraordinary because we saw the classical, the very classical classical, and then we saw, you know, pictures on exhibition, which was unbelievable. It was such an amazing evening. Yeah. But do you, as a director, are you dealing with socks versus toe shoes all the time now? No, is no. Is that over? <laughs> <laughs> it's over. No, I'm I no, love, listen, we have great sock ballets in our repertory. So I really don't mean any choreographer to feel like dissed at all. I love it. But there was just a time when everything was in socks and I was like not, a, I was over here trying to raise money or over here and, and trying to create a place where it was, auto, there was total autonomy to make work. And so it was just like come in and did whatever you wanted. And now I'm understanding I want to be a little bit more part of the curation of the work and direct it a little bit. I don't want to tell them what to do. And I never would do that. I mean, I give my opinion and you can do what you want. But um, now I'm saying, hey, can we do this on point? Just so that we can keep 
Switch creating. Otherwise, there's the big ballet companies aren't doing tons of new work. They're mm -hmm. doing some for sure, but I want to be a part of that where there's not so much pressure that they can take risks and right. and we can not feel like we have to have that hit. That that it's just it's we need to have an organization that's about taking the chances, and then you get hits like mm -hmm. Sunset. You right. get ballets like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Christine. That was so, that wonderful. Was so wonderful. Thank you so Thank you. much. Thank you all for coming Thank out. For we coming. appreciate it. Thank you. Special thank you to Tom Boyd for producing this episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.